0: Right now, though, we've been talking, taking calls on this uh, Leona Alislev uh, from just up Aurora, uh, Oak Ridge, Richmond Hillway, uh, having crossed the floor yesterday and the significance therein and thereof. Let's put it to the leader of the official opposition, Andrew Shearer, has joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Mr. Shearer, always a pleasure. Good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon. Thanks for having me.
0: So uh, you tell me uh, how you see this. Uh, why or how is it a significant development, her having crossed the floor?
1: Well, it's very significant because I, bel- I believe it represents what uh, a lot of Canadians are feeling who voted liberal in the last election that uh, they bought into uh, the message that was being delivered at the time, uh, and now they're very frustrated. In fact, very, very angry to see our stature in the world uh, diminish. Uh, temporary deficits that were promised have turned into big. Uh, permanent deficits, uh, taxes have gone up on working Canadians, and the, the big issues, this government doesn't seem to have a plan to deal with, whether it's illegal border crossings or uh, the inability to get pipelines built. So, uh, for all those who feel the same way that Leona has, our message is, you know, there's a home for you in the Conservative Party, we do have plans to get the big issues dealt with.
0: Before you joined us, some callers would question whether or not it would have been uh, more appropriate for her to stand down and contest in a by-election, and you say what?
1: No, uh, I I disagree with that. You know, it is part of our parliamentary system that members of Parliament are elected as as individuals. Yes, they run under party uh, banners for sure, but if we we had that type of a system, then it would really make it much more difficult for uh, MPs to make independent decisions uh, on their own uh, if they see that the situation has changed. And this is a... A normal part of a Westminster system. It's, it doesn't happen often, but you know, here and in other uh, parliaments, like in the UK at the provincial level, all across the country, this uh, this this is part of that system. So uh, it, it it has happened before. It has happened in the last parliament, the parliament before that, and uh, when when any individual MP recognizes that another party is a better fit for them, uh, then, then they have that, uh, that right to make that change.
0: Yeah, she talked about uh, wanting to challenge her government. Her attempts to raise my concerns with this government were met with silence. Uh, how about for you? I mean, if somebody comes to you and wants to uh, maybe challenge some of your positions or policies, uh, what's your approach to that?
1: Well, I try to have uh, a very open line of communication between caucus and uh, and myself. We we have uh, very vibrant debates every Wednesday when our caucus meets. I the message that to everyone is. Not any one of us gets to impose our own personal will on, on the rest of the team, but we will approach these things in a, in a constructive manner. Uh, we, we've, we've had uh, members of Parliament uh, vote their, their conscience, vote their beliefs. We've had members of Parliament uh, you know, vote a different way than the way the, the party is recommended. Uh, we, we respect that. On the big issues when we're developing policies that we're going to take to the next election. We work in a collaborative way. We ask people to, uh, to buy into that, that, that if you've had your say and you've had your best efforts to convince your colleagues of uh, where, you know, what the course of action should be, uh, then to respect the final decision. But, but ultimately, we, we do encourage that, that
0: type of free and open debate. Which leads to the obvious question, so I'll ask, did Maxime Bernier get to have his say? I mean, were any of his uh, thoughts taken into consideration, and uh, how did that work?
1: You know the frustrating thing with with Maxime is that it, it, is that he, he didn't bring these issues up. You know we we would we would have these Wednesday meetings, and and as you can as you can imagine, uh, some of the things that he's only talking about now uh, were discussed in in caucus, and and you know he he didn't uh, he never indicated that there. were, things that he had uh, thoughts on and, and or that he wanted to see us move in a different uh, direction. So that's one of the things that was uh, uh, frustrating uh, with the decision that Maxime took and why I believe it was more about his own personal uh, ambitions than about the direction that the team was going in.
0: Again, with Andrew Sheer, leader of the official opposition, where Leona Olislev is concerned, uh, when did you know that she might actually uh, be willing to cross? I mean, who approached whom and uh, how did she express her disaffection to you?
1: You know, I honestly wouldn't be able to say you know who reached out to whom first. I, I had been told by some members of my of my of my team that they thought that uh, that Leona was was extremely dissatisfied with the government, especially when it comes to uh, foreign affairs and and international trade. Leona is a, a military. Uh, expert and and uh, foreign affairs expert. She served in the in the Air Force, and she's got a lot to say about how we're entering into some uncertain times and some of the things that Canada has always just taken for granted uh, that the US will always be there for us and always be a, a great trading partner and and be uh, you know strong defense partner uh, that uh, that the UK that that Europe and she sees a, a growing trend where countries are moving much more towards self interest than instead of some of the traditional. Uh, uh, alliances and partnerships, and, and Canada needs to recognize that and be ready to react to that. Um, and so, anyway, the, it was it was made known to me that that it, there might be a, an opportunity for us to have a discussion, just to get a sense of where her priorities were, where her where her thinking was on certain key issues, and, and vice versa. And so, we we had a we had a, a very lengthy conversation. We covered a lot of ground, and I I thought. You know, early on, into that conversation that uh, she would fit right in. That that she has a lot of uh, the similar types of perspectives on issues as many members of our caucus have.
0: Some people are also saying she would have been a better fit for defense minister than Harjit Sajjan.
1: Well, you know, I, when I look at her CV and I look at the experience she's had uh, in the military, it, it, being in charge of. Uh, procurement in, in, in many aspects for the Air Force, and when I look at her career in the private sector, you know, uh, very significant roles at IBM, at uh, at Bombardier. I certainly believe that that she has uh, has the, the experience, and you know, the, the Prime Minister has uh, had that opportunity to put her into cabinet, and, and you know, it's it's obviously, uh, you know, she, 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 I believe that her. Her skills and her experience weren't being weren't being uh, fully utilized. But again, th- th- this really, uh, I can tell you from the conversations that I've had with her, it was not about what role she played within her caucus. It was just the the. the, the the sense that the people involved in the in the government's day-to-day decision just weren't capable, or even in some cases, aware of the very serious challenges, and 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 she felt very concerned by that.
0: All right. So she's the party's critic for global security, but uh, does that tend to suggest she'd be cabinet material, maybe in uh, the defense minister's role, if you were to assume the uh, the reins of power next time?
1: Well, you know, I'm not sure of any leader of the opposition who has, who has uh, made uh, specific commitments for which roles in government. Obviously, I think very highly of her. I think uh, well of her, uh, and I look at her experience and, and, and obviously found a role for her in our current uh, shadow cabinet. She, she would make a huge uh, contribution in, in a conservative government. And uh, you, can, you can tell by the, the reaction of our conservative oh. colleagues. Uh, colleagues whether they're in shadow cabinet or a deputy shadow minister, uh, the, the excitement is there. We know that she's going to play a very significant role as we lead uh, to, towards the next election and well beyond.
0: Well, some people are saying, again, some, uh, that this was political opportunism. Maybe she saw a better fit with the Conservatives vis-a-vis that role, or she just saw the writing on the wall because it's a contested uh, writing. As you know, the last time out, I think uh, the vote count was only a couple of thousand separating the Liberals in winning, and it's, uh leans heavily to the Conservative side of things. So what happens, by the way, to uh, the current PC candidate, uh, Mr. Menegakis, does he then slide down to Richmond Hill and make, uh, has he ceded room for her to run under your banner next time in 2019?
1: Yeah, so obviously there are going to be people on on the liberal side that are going to try to downplay this and and impugn her motives and say it's more about uh, politics. I can tell you, when Leona and I spoke, it was all policy, it was all direction, it was all uh, you know, platform issues. It was it was very, you know, it, it, I could tell instantly that it wasn't motivated by that. Uh, this is going to be a, a tough election for no matter who runs in that riding. It's a competitive seat. When we won it uh, before, it was, uh, you know, it, it, it was a, a tough fight. When we lost at last election, it was by a very narrow margin. So uh, no matter which banner she was running under, it was going to be a very competitive uh, election. Uh, we, we, you know, we 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 did we we approached uh you know uh, Costas has made it very clear Costas Menagakis he had had the nomination before he held the seat before part of the seat before but part of the seat that he represented before as you know there was, it was uh, cut up into two different ridings uh and and most of his old seat was actually in Richmond Hill so he's already uh, signaled his intent to move over to the richmond hill riding where he's very well known he has a long history of uh, of representing that riding uh, and so he's he's fully on board he's excited he he's committed to helping leona uh, you know, establish yourself within the, the volunteer base that exists for uh, for the party, and and we're all very excited that everyone's working so closely together on this. The relationship between everybody involved is is very positive.
0: I know you've also put out the welcome mat to any other disaffected liberals or others who might want to join the party, but uh, and some have even made rumblings that there are more defections to come. Uh, would you actively recruit or solicit those? I mean, what's your position on that?
1: Yeah. Again, and, and as was the case with the onus, not so much that we're actively recruiting. You know, we're not trying to. We're not trying to uh, put to put to ideas in people's heads. We're just sending the message that hey, look, if if you, if if you're not getting what you thought you were going to when you either voted liberal or worked on a liberal campaign, or indeed if you, you know, ran and got elected as a liberal, if you see now that there are very major concerns that aren't being addressed, uh, we, we 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 will welcome you if if you share that commitment to... Uh, individual liberty to limited government, uh, free enterprise, lower taxes, uh, if you want to see Canada stand tall on the world stage again, uh, then uh, then you have a home in the party. And that's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a broad welcome message to anybody who voted Liberal last time, whether it was as simple as just marking an X for a Liberal candidate or, as in Leona's case, if it was all the way to uh, running herself. We, we, will, uh, we will welcome anybody who wants uh, to help join the fight uh, with us.
0: Andrew Shear, leader of the uh, uh, official opposition. I appreciate your time as always, and uh, we'll watch this one with interest going forward.
1: Thank you so much. I always appreciate the opportunity to come on and chat.
0: Thank you. Again, Andrew Shear, leader of the official opposition on the. Uh manner of which uh by which Leona Alice Lev joined the Conservative Party crossing the floor and uh with that signal symptomatic of something larger we'll put it to our panel after 5:20 you know i mean basically what she's again saying is the liberals have lost their soul they've abandoned the political center and they're betraying the middle class on things like immigration uh international trade uh, the idea of the pipelines or infrastructure not getting built uh that would be a benefit you know all boats are lifted by a tide, uh, rising tide, and that would be the economic vitality of a province like Alberta or natural resource sector, so on and so forth. Uh, so again, panel, will have the next crack at that. Sue Ann Levy gets next crack at us. She's got something that she really wanted to bring to our attention. We'll find out what that is next here on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.